It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Please take your Bibles, if you will, turn to Romans in chapter number 5, verse number 20. Romans chapter 5, and verse number 20. The Bible says, Moreover the law entered, that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness under eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Chapter number 6 and verse number 1 goes on to say, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid! How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? As we begin to look at chapter 6, I've kind of entitled it this, and maybe it's a simple title, but I've entitled it Grace Reigns. Grace Reigns. Now, we've been dealing with this thing of law versus grace. We've talked, uh, I, I hope, we, we've tried to talk at length about the differences between the law and grace and how we are not under law anymore. Now, we've asked several questions up to this point. We asked even yesterday, why would anybody wish for a return to the law? Because the law ministered bondage. The only thing the law was there to do was to prove men guilty. It was never... It never gave the power for men to fulfill the law. It never in any way, shape, or form brought righteousness to anyone that adhered to it. Rather, it just showed them the standard of righteousness and showed them how far short they had fallen of it. So we, we said anybody that preaches or teaches that we have to live um, up to any bit of the law for salvation, they're wrong. Anybody that teaches that you have to... to and I've got to be careful how I say this because there's a ditch on both sides here. Anybody that teaches that we have to keep the law in order to maintain any sort of favor from God would be wrong. However, it leads to the question, since the law's been removed, since we are under grace, is anything sin anymore? Do we have license to sin? And the answer is absolutely not. Now, people that teach, you know, having to... All, all these works based on the law for salvation, they're legalists. People that teach that you ought to live holy after salvation, they're biblical. They're biblicists. It's the truth. Scripture is very clear. And Paul here also says the same thing because he knows there are those, his enemies, those maybe even that he's teaching also that wouldn't be enemies, but somebody sitting that are, are used to having to live up to this law and they're saying, well, basically, since the law is removed, then basically we can go live any way we want then. Is that what you're saying? You know, the more we sin, the more grace can abound, right? Well, no. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. I think maybe the best way to look at this is that chapter 5, we're looking and dealing with things and issues of salvation, we move into chapter 6, we're now dealing with issues of sanctification or that process whereby God makes us holy. God fully intends 
for us to live holy. God does not at all give license to sin. Sin is still morally wrong. Now, are we under the dietary restrictions of the law? Are we under the civil instruction of the law that was given to the nation of Israel? Are we under some of those law codes? No. Do we have to go and give uh, or make sacrifices all the time? No. Because Christ was the final sacrifice. The law finished at Christ. However, morally, sin is still sin. And those moral issues, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not steal, just to name a few, are still very much wrong for us. And God does not intend, in fact, God will judge the Christian or chasten the Christian that begins to live in sin. But we're held to a different standard now. We're not under law, but we are under grace. So, in chapter 5, like we said, we're dealing with this thing of salvation I want you just to see here in verse number 20, I'll bring this out here. Um, it says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Grace is sufficient to cover any and every, every sin you've ever involved yourself in. It's there for forgiveness. But because we have forgiveness for sin, and I mean, First John, we've dealt with that. It tells us, you know, that we have um, access to where when we sin, we, um, in fact, let me just go there and read it because it, my mind is going blank at the moment. First John, in chapter number one, it's, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, does this mean, I, I'm not trying to just pick on any one group, but does this mean we can use this like a, a particular group uses their confessional booths? I can go out and live in sin, and then I can just go right up to God and say, oh, I'm so sorry, and then go out and do it again? No. Grace is sufficient to cover if you're truly repentant. But Paul's point as we begin to move into chapter 6 is that God never intended for us to continue living in sin. And if you if that's what you think, if you think grace allows you to live any old way that you please, then you have a very um, false view of what grace intends to do in your life. See, in, in chapters 4 and 5 of Romans, what are we dealing with? It's justification, where God declares us righteous. But then we move to chapter 6, and really the end of 5, but then going into chapter 6, we're dealing kind of with the same thing. And God is now going to begin to show us how grace begins to make us practically righteous. Are we going to be perfect? No. But there is such a way for a Christian to live under the influence, under the power of the Holy Spirit, that we can live right and holy, just as God intends. And if we are living by the law of love that we are now under... Galatians 3 told us about that. If we are living under that law, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then Jesus said the second greatest commandment is, or the second commandment is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And if we love God and we love others right, everything, every commandment is really going to be fulfilled. I'm not going to do anything that I know displeases him. If I know alcohol displeases him, I'm not going to touch it. I don't even need a command for that no more. That's the whole point of grace. I know there are things the Holy Spirit has dealt with me. I don't need a specific reference. I don't need a chapter and verse necessarily for some things. Call it convictions if you want to. 
call it standards, call it whatever you want. I don't really care. When God deals with me on a particular way or on a particular subject, or when I, by reading God's Word, understand that this particular subject or this particular item does not please God, I don't have to have a verse saying, Thou shalt not. Because if I love God and I want to please Him, I'm going to cut it out of my life, no questions asked. If I know something in my life could hinder another brother, and I believe 1 Corinthians begins to deal with that, and who knows, maybe in the future the Lord will let us work into that. But 1 Corinthians, I believe it is, maybe it's even in Romans, I, I can't quite remember at the moment, but it deals with how our liberty can maybe be a stumbling block for others. And if that's the case, we're not to involve ourselves in things that would cause a younger brother in Christ to trip up. So, we all have liberty under grace. We have liberty not to be in bondage to sin anymore. But grace gave us liberty to serve Christ through righteousness before something we had no ability to do. We could try as hard as we wanted, but we always fell short. Grace gives us the power and the motivation and the liberty to give ourselves as servants under righteousness. Before salvation, we are servants under sin. We are condemned under the law, under grace. When we've accepted Christ, we are placed under grace. Guess what? Now I am free to serve God. I am not in bondage to sin anymore. While I still have to deal with the presence of sin in my life, God has broken the power of sin over my life. And I don't have to be in bondage or addicted to anything in my life. Now a Christian can bring himself back into bondage. And Romans chapter 6 is going to deal with that towards the end of the chapter. But if we live according to God, if we, or if we live according to God's word, allow the Holy Spirit to live in us, we should not be in bondage to sin. So, let me give you another practical thing here. Really, in the title we gave to this whole chapter is that grace reigns. The law and sin and death are not what's reigning in our hearts and lives anymore. Now grace can reign. Now we are free to truly serve God from a standpoint of righteousness, and God can work His righteousness in us. So we come to verse 1 of chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now this is, and we've dealt some with this as well. 1 Peter, 2 Peter, uh, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and even Jude, I believe, all call out false teachers. And one of the things that comes up about these false teachers is that they bring people back into bondage of sin. Or they teach a very loose lifestyle. God's word is very clear. He intends for us to be holy. And he wants us to be holy. That has nothing to do with our salvation. That is just because we wish to please God and we love Him. And if we love Him, we're going to obey His commandments just naturally. It's in us to do it. And it's not a, oh, I have to do that. I get to do that. So when any so-called Christian begins to try to tell you that you can do this or do that because you have liberty, because, oh, it's not a sin anymore. Well, anybody that's teaching that loose living and that's throwing off on true holiness that the Word of God teaches. There is a problem that goes very deep. Many times they have a heart problem. Many times they're not saved. But I can't 
put out necessarily a blanket statement on that. It's just what the Word of God teaches. The majority of the time, they have maybe been in a, a good group for some point, but they never truly got it because when God works in the inside of somebody, then He changes the inside of them, and they're made a new creature, and they want to live for God. And somebody that has no desire to live for God, and somebody that wants to justify every sin, somebody that's wanting to be out there justifying for us that it's okay for us to be drinking, that it's okay for us to be living shacked up, or or this or that, or whatever society tries to, to approve today, and you've got whole denominations and so many churches trying to approve of this sodomite lifestyle, trying to say abortion's okay, trying to say that women preachers are, are okay by the word of God. It's not true. It's a lie. It's still sin. And anybody that tries to begin to preach that is wrong. Grace does not give us liberty to go live in sin. Grace is not a get to sin for free kind of car. It doesn't give us that license. It's not permission for, one of the Bible words for it would be licentiousness. So there has to be an understanding of grace. Grace reigns through righteousness. Verse number 21 of chapter 5, That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. And there you have it. If you've truly experienced the grace of God in your life, and you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, then you will have a desire to live for Him, and that grace working in you will lead you to holiness. Are you going to be perfect? No. But as you begin reading the Word of God, God works a desire in your heart to live what is in the Word of God, and to please God, and to live just to be just as much like Christ as you possibly can. And if you don't have that desire in your heart, my friend, then you need to have a heart checkup. Because that is part of the difference that God makes that the Holy Spirit does on the inside of us. Can we grieve the Holy Spirit? Yes. Can we sear our conscience? Yes. But if there is not a desire in you, not something that gets stirred up when you read all these things in the Word of God, and you, not, if there's not something pushing you towards holy living, then there is a problem that goes all the way straight to the heart. Grace will always lead to holiness. Grace is not license to sin. Grace is never liberty to live any way we want to, but rather gives us liberty to serve God. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.